Alrighty, fine gentlemen. A good day to you. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope you are highly testosterone up, as it were. Well, gentlemen, I uh, had a wonderful message from a a mutual, a friend of ours, um, just uh, encouraging me for encouraging him. Uh, but we were just chatting about uh, the whole concept of giving your gift and not falling to comparison, not falling to trying to fight other people for room, but actually just giving your gift uh, and letting your gift make room for you. I actually need to read the uh, the message. I'm not very good at paraphrasing. Theology bros get mad when I paraphrase badly, but it's such as the nature of paraphrasing. <clears throat> Here we go. I was reflecting on one of the themes we frequently talk about, how we aren't in competition with other people in adjacent fields. Thinking about that has freed me to pursue some things without worrying about being the best, the most charismatic, etc. Generally speaking, God calls us to action and leadership, and we need a lot more of that, not less. Succinct. My goodness, what, what amazing words. So gentlemen, today, you know, I really wanted to hit on this thing. I, I feel like on, uh, on media, in the media domain, you know, if you look at the manosphere, if you look at the kind of purity spiraling and gatekeeping and insecurity that goes on. It's a carbon copy of the ministry domain, you know, between people in full-time ministry and people hoping to be in full-time ministry, tons of gatekeeping, tons of insecurity. It's the same in academia, you know, people in the academic realm, you know, tons of stealing of ideas and uh, promotions and insecurity and, you know, all of this stuff. It's, it's not a peculiar thing to one domain. You know, you could even you can even argue in the economy and political domain, you know, that there's there's competition anxiety, that there is this fear of missing out, this fear of being sidelined by God, the fear of never giving your gift, of never coming before great men, of never reaching your promised land, your spacious place of success. And so we come to this place, you know, where you witness, you know, what are what are the problems in any hierarchy? One of the biggest problems is insecurity. And so I just wanted to kind of chat chat through today, what are the practical things for ourselves? Because, you know, every man has uh, this propensity to forget that God sees him in secret. So Matthew 6 verse 6 says, God sees you in secret and he will reward you openly. That's like a foundational scripture. It's probably the foundational scripture to confidence, to to killing insecurity in our hearts. Because what's our number one problem? Our number one problem is we feel sidelined by God. We feel unseen by God. I have to earn my way to success. I have to earn my way to God seeing me. I have to, you know, this is where so many guys get turned up about LARPing. You know, life is a LARP, you know, live action role play, you know, because a lot of guys get super offended at other dudes who are like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be that and they start being it. They start doing it. They, they just go ahead and do it. And then we have this imposter syndrome or this offense of like, how dare they go and do the thing that I want to do or am doing or whatever. And it's like, chaps, you know, if God is, has given you a desire for a domain, if God has given you a desire to do a certain work, if God has given you a certain talent, a certain gifting, we there's not enough of that thing to compete for. There's not enough of that thing in the world. What is our lack in the world right now is Christian men crushing in their domains, 
we need as many of them as possible. You know, so whatever your gift is, go and give it. You know, there's this great book called The Artist's Way, uh, written by some esoteric Catholic lady. Um, you know, mostly to the artistic direction, but but it's it's a wonderful examination of the intentions of our heart when it comes to giving you a gift. You know, so uh, she talks about this thing called the shadow artist, which is when we are young, when you're a child, all you know is to give your gift. If someone else is giving their gift, oh, great, we'll give it together. Like, let's be friends. The, the, shadow, the, the shadow comes in when there's a hurt, when there's a wound, when there's a rejection. You know, you go to give your gift and someone says, well, that's stupid or you're stupid or you're bad or you're incompetent or uh, no, you know, whatever the, the wound was, um, you know, for, for many of us, it's a father wound. You know, all we want is for our dad to say, you're a good boy who does great things. Like I saw you play the game. You're my boy. I'm proud of you. Like, oh my gosh, like that's all our heart is. And, and as we grow up into adulthood, that doesn't change because that's a God, that's a God uh, model. You know, we want God to, to look at us and be like, God, are you proud of me? Like, God, am I your top guy? You know, all we want is to be like, uh, Scott, uh, you're my top guy. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm God's top guy. Like, that's all we want. That's all we want. And because we don't feel that from the Lord, we seek for that in every other thing. We seek for that from our spouse. We seek that from our colleagues, from social media, from ministry, from work, from hobbies, whatever. All we are seeking is to be seen. So the shadow artist says, I'm afraid to give my gift. I'm afraid to do the thing that I really want to do. So I'm going to orbit other people who do. And often that looks like being self-sacrificial and always um, sabotaging yourself to bless other people or to, to make sure other people do the thing, but never you, because you don't want to put yourself out there. Or it looks like you criticizing people. So this lady says, a ton of shadow artists become art critics, you know, because you don't want to give your gift, but you want to criticize everyone else who is giving their gift. You know, it's that classic Theodore Roosevelt um, speech of like the man in the ring, like, you know, go be the man in the ring. And so for us, you know, what is holding us back from going and giving our gift is this thought of, you know, either past rejections, past hurts, past whatever's where we, we, we were once rejected or failed or, you know, whatever the case is blocked, whatever the case is, we have to get back gentlemen to this place of as Christian men, we don't live by our feelings of rejection. We don't live by our feelings of offense or insecurity or all this stuff. We live by faith in God's word. You know, so God's word says that he sees me in secret and he will reward me openly. So it's like, okay, Lord, like I, by faith, by faith, I believe that God sees me in secret and he will reward me openly. Go give your gift. By faith, I believe God sees me in secret and he will reward me openly. Go give your gift. You know, so many people, we want to fight other people. We want to we want to um, try and push other people down. We want to try and gatekeep and preserve our, our little thing that we've got and all this stuff. At the end of the day, if you believe that God is your provider, that God is your protector, God is your promoter, you can bless other people. You can be secure around other people. So I just wanted to go into this thing with Saul and David. 
Saul was a super insecure man. You know, because most of our problem that we face is insecure hierarchies, right? We're all in hierarchies, church, job, social media, family, hobby, you know, all the things that we're part of with other people that are organized. There are There is insecurity in those hierarchies. Those are the worst hierarchies to be in. That's where there's there's chaos, there's drama, there's there's anxiety, there's competition. You know, all you want in your family is peace. You know, you want an honorable hierarchy. All you want at your church is peace. You want an honorable hierarchy at your work, an honorable hierarchy. You don't want to be involved in these like, ooh, politics and insecurity and offense and grievance and all this stuff. So we see with Saul and David, Saul had a mandate from God. He was literally called out by the prophet of God to be the king. You know, when you understand that that our domain in life is a God-given thing, you don't have to worry of like, well, what if someone else is in my domain? What if someone else is doing the exact same thing as me? What if everyone likes that person and not me? This is literally Saul. Everyone likes David and not me. And it's like, chap, he forgot that he was called by God. He forgot to just be obedient to God and give your gift. Just be obedient to God and give your gift. You know, it even came to why he lost his crown was through insecurity, was through was through stopping believing. What's a better word for that? For, for unbelief in God's word. The, the prophet of God says to him, uh, you're going to have a battle. Wait for me seven days. I will come offer the sacrifice. Then you go to battle and the Lord will defeat your enemy. Well, seven days comes and he's getting a bit of anxiety, right? Because it's like, I don't know that God's going to come through for me. I don't know if I can look any more foolish by believing in God before all of these people who are looking to me for a decision. I'm going to take this into my own hands because I'm insecure and I'm going to, I'm going to offer the sacrifice myself. It was disobedience that took the crown away from him. It was through insecurity, insecurity that God saw him. You know, if Saul had instead been like, sheesh, Lord, it's, it's been seven days. Uh, these dudes are outnumbering us. Um, like, do, do you see me? Like, God, do you see me? And if, if he had just taken the time to be of faith, it's like, no, the word of God said, the word of God said, wait here seven days, wait for the prophet to come, wait for the sacrifice. If God, if God doesn't show up, that's not my problem, but I'm not going to be disobedient. You know, it's like those three uh, Chads, uh, Abchad, Abednego, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. It's like, fellow, we're not going to do the thing. We're going to obey God. And even if he doesn't save us, we will stand on the word of God. What does the word of God say? God sees you in secret. He will reward you openly. You know, you have to stand on that foundational thing. And then second with that is Proverbs 18. Your gift makes room for you and will bring you before great men. What is our fear? Our fear is being sidelined. Our fear is being left out. Our fear is being, uh, is not, is not ever pleasing God. And it's like, there it is right there. Your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. That is a literal promise of God. Start giving your gift. Well, what if I'm a one talent man and that guy's a 10 talent man? Like, you know, I make videos, all these other guys, you know, make 10 talent videos. It's like, dude, do you feel like you're called to do this? Go do it. Just do the thing. Leave the success up to God. Go do the thing and it will make room for you. So with, with Saul, he loses, he loses the obedience part. He becomes insecure. And insecurity is how you lose your 
gift. Insecurity is how you lose your domain. Insecurity is how you lose your hierarchy. It's how you fail, is insecurity around other men who are crushing. David, he goes, he's the least in the family business. He's working the graveyard shift at the worst site of the family business. He's overlooked by his real father. You know, he, it is literally the opposite of God sees you in secret. He is unseen by his own real father. He is overlooked by his father. He is mocked by his brother. The, he, but he gives his gift faithfully. He gives his gift with the little things he has at the scale that he's at, at the places that he gives his gift to God as unto the Lord. You know, so many people go into ministry or go into media or go into academia or go into, into business economy, go into politics to be seen by men. They go into it so that I can be validated, so I can have my identity in it. And that's where dudes get super insecure because it's like, if you take my place, you've taken my identity. If you compete with me, you're competing for my identity. But if you understand that your gift is given, it's not, your gift is not something you're trying to be. It's not something you're LARPing to try and be. It's like, no, my gift is who I am. My gift is who God has made me to be, what he's, talents he's given me, the, the skills and desires and you know whatever. You're not ever going to not be that. The gifts are without repentance. You, know, you could be a heathen. You could be a saint. The Lord has made you to do a work that's on your heart to do, that you're going to love to do, that you're going to be great at. And so if you're competing for identity instead of from that identity, that's the insecurity. That's why you want to fight everyone else because you're like, he's not for real. He's not for real. He's not for real. I'm for real. And there's insecurity and there's gatekeeping and there's all of this stuff where it's like, Japs, if God has called that guy to do it and God has called that guy to do it, then I actually want to bless them because actually we all, we all work for God here. Christ is the king of kings. We are the kings that Christ is king of. If there's other dudes who are crushing and we're crushing in the same direction, God bless them. How can we share notes? How can we get synergy? How can we do things even better? How can I learn from that guy? So David, he's giving his gift as unto the Lord, not to his dad, not to his brothers, because grievance would be like, screw my dad. He doesn't like me. Screw my brothers. They don't like me. I'm not going to put in a shift. I'm not going to, you know, and we all understand that, that mindset when we've been wronged by others right? But you're not working for others. You're working as unto the Lord. You're giving your gift as unto the Lord. So the Lord sees David in secret and rewards him. He gets promoted. Then Saul gets insecure and Saul starts gatekeeping against him. Saul starts criticizing him, slandering him, uh, literally attacking him. And so out he goes into the desert. He escaped, you know, and that's the other thing. Like, chaps, you know, when we say be confident, it also doesn't mean like accept everybody's slander and accept everybody's mistreatment and dishonor of you. Like, no, 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 put up boundaries. But don't don't spend your whole life worrying about these people, worrying about the people who are slandering you, worrying about the people who are attacking you and criticizing you. Go give your gift, go crush. So David finds himself out in the desert because that's where he's not being attacked. Like, okay, I'm out in the desert and there's a bunch of outcasts and they're like, you're my captain now. He's like, fine, I'm your captain now. That's his gift. Give the gift, give the gift. And he gives his gift. And he leads all these dudes to go give their gift, not to wallow around as outcasts and rejects and victims and like, oh, we're all so sad here at this summer camp in the desert. Go do things, go give your gift and God will make room for you. A great story there is Jonathan, 
and David. You know, Jonathan, he knows that David has the competing gift because Jonathan was the next in line for the throne. He knows that God has given the throne to David. He is literally being left out. He is literally being side uh, sidelined by God. And he's like, well, Lord, if that's, if that's your uh, will for me, if that's your direction for my life, then I will do, I will be sidelined with, with full faith and honor. And I will, I will be an honorable guy and give my gift. Who to the guy who God has told me has honor. So this guy's got the honor. I will honor total confidence. You know, I believe Jonathan is probably the most Christ-like figure in the whole Bible. Because he understood that it's not up to his human success to be someone to God. He knew that God saw him in secret. He's like, I know I've been sidelined, but God still loves me. And so I'm still going to give my gift. Let us alone. Welcome, Fancer. Salute. And David, welcome, Fancer. Tough to navigate uncertainty as to gift. Yes, I... I I understand what you're saying. At the same time, I think I think it's always what is what is the thing that stirs your heart, both positively and negatively. You know what makes you angry. There's probably a, a a window to your gift or your people or your place that you're meant to serve. Uh, and then what makes you super happy and super excited uh, to to give, to be, to do. You know. So often we get caught up in job district job descriptions as identity and as you know what is my destiny? It's like to be CEO and president of a billion dollar oil company. Like that's my destiny. And it's like no, no, like the journey, you know, the 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 life is your destiny. You know, so whether you're in the oil game or out the oil game, whether you're an oil man on the rig, whether you're a dude driving the truck whether you're the accountant, whether you're a salesman, whether like whatever it is, God is, God has you around all these people in a, in a domain that you are passionate about in a industry you're passionate about and your, your skill set is being used. Then, you know, that's the place you want to be in. It's like, Lord, do you see me as an oil man on the rig? It's like, yes. All right. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the absolute best oil, oil rig man as unto the Lord and be a blessing to all my bros that I work with. God, do you see me as the accountant in the back office of a Houston building. It's like, yes, God sees me. It's like, all right, I'm going to be a brilliant, a brilliant accountant. And then, and then derivative of that, you know, how's my family life? That's I'm building institutions. How's my local economy that I'm built? You know, I, I earn my sweet oil money. Uh, what am I doing in my local economy with that sweet oil money? Am I being a local legend? You know, my tribal institutions, am I pushing my guys? Am I being involved in my institutions or building institutions with guys? You know, that is the journey of our life is this thing of family, local, tribal, while being in an industry, in a domain, in a work environment that you're like, I don't know if this is, if this is my final amazing thing. It's like, it could change tomorrow. It probably will change next week. It probably will change a year from now. But this is the direction that God has me on building all of these institutions and being his man. You know, I'm his top guy on the oil field. DVG, Jonathan gave his princely and heir position to his friend David when they exchanged clothes. He took David's outcast status. Praise God. What, a, what an amazing uh, symbol of Christ, of what Christ did for us. You know, we are now co-heirs with Christ. That's an amazing, what a theology, bro, DVG. Look at you. All righty. 
Where was it going with all of this? All right, and then you see it again with David and Absalom. So David's son, Absalom, starts, you know, so this whole thing I was talking about with insecurity within hierarchies, you know, so you go to church and you don't like what the pastor is up to. So you're like, I'm going to take his crown or at the workplace or in media, you know, uh, that guy's doing it. I could do a better job than him. I'm going to, you know, and, and we have this, we have this, I'm not going to follow honor. I'm not going to follow because what is honor? Honor says I will honor the hierarchy I'm in or like David, I'll go create another hierarchy or I'll pray to the Lord and the Lord, you know, like, like Joseph in prison and in slavery. It's like he couldn't get out of his hierarchies. So he worked as unto the Lord and trusted the Lord to vindicate him, trusted the Lord to promote him within those hierarchies. That's fine. Or like David, oh man, these guys are all slandering me and I wouldn't do it that way <laughs> to the desert, you know, and go build another hierarchy. That's fine. But don't stay and kill the guy, you know, criticize and um, undermine, you know, to get his crown that, you know, there's a better way. So Absalom is doing this. Absalom is undermining his father. He's winning the hearts of the people in the hierarchy. And eventually he stages a coup. And so David is pushed out. And one of his guys comes and says, you know, David, like, must we get the Ark of the Covenant and bring it with us? Because that is the legitimacy of God. Whoever has the, the Ark of the Covenant has the legitimacy. And David says to him, he's like, no, no, no. Like, God brought me into the palace. God will bring me back. Like, you know, leave leave the Ark at the temple or at the, the the tent, wherever it was, I don't need to defend my security. I don't need to defend my calling that God has put on my life. Like God will take me in or God will take me out. Like if this is God taking me out, then God's will be done. And um, we can get to that place, you know, where like, it, look, it's good to have boundaries. It's good to boundary set. So, so David didn't stay and let himself get killed either time. You know, it's like, no, no, no I'll have boundaries. I, I'm not going to bless Saul what he's doing. I'm not going to bless Absalom what he's doing, but I'm also not going to get into a doom loop fight and drama. Uh, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. I'm going to remove you from, from having access to my life because God will, I'm just going to carry on giving my gift to wherever God has got me to go. So it's a very, it's a very complex thing that we don't think a lot about. And so it's kind of hard to, to process through these, these decision-making stems when it comes to hierarchies with insecurity and confidence. Another great one is Paul and the grifters. So somewhere in the New Testament epistles, um, these guys say to Paul, they're like, Paul, there's a bunch of grifters who are earning money off of preaching the gospel. Are we going to go sort them out? And Paul's like, chaps, as long as the gospel is being preached, I, I couldn't care less. Are they preaching the gospel? Yeah, no, no, they're preaching the gospel. It's like, All right, I don't care. Like, as long as the gospel is being preached. Now, so often for us, you know, we see someone else doing what we want to do. And we're like, they're not doing it right. And it's like, actually, it's like, praise God that it's being done. You know, praise God that whatever we feel is important to this world, there's more guys doing it. Now you just carry on doing it and go give your gift, you know, and trust God to, to discipline the other guys who are not, you know, if a guy's not in your hierarchy, it's not on you to discipline him, you know, or if he's not affecting your hierarchy, it's not on you to discipline him. All right. So here's another a great proverb. By humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That's pretty much everything we're all chasing here on earth. Riches, honor, and life, you know, by humility, which is the opposite of pride, but it's also the opposite of condemnation. And so many of us guys fall into condemnation. You know, that, that's the shadow artist of like, at some point we were condemned for our gift or we were condemned for our identity or condemned for who we are. It's like, no, chaps, humility is understanding 
you know, there's this thing where you have to get the context, right? What is the map? What is the context right now? Like right now, our context is this crazy clown world. Um, what is what is happening in life right now? That's the context. But then we have to orient ourselves by saying, who am I and where am I in that context? And so right now, you know, like if I believe the current context that white people are evil and men are bad, well, I am a white man. So contextually, orientationally, I'm going to be condemned. You know, I'm going to carry condemnation or, you know, likewise, I'm, I'm going to carry pride. You know, those are the kind of the two opposites of, of each other. But it's like, no, no, to orient myself correctly, you know, in whatever context you guys are, just what, what DVG said there about Jonathan giving his princely and heir position to his friend David when they exchanged clothes. He took David's outcast status and gave David the princely status. That is what Christ has done for us. We are now kings that Christ is king of. We are now sons of God. We are now co-heirs with Christ. We are now the bride of Christ, if you if you understand that metaphor. Which means our old, our old shame, our old condemnation is no more. And any pride that we have is, is no more. Because like none of this is my own works, you know. None of my righteousness is my own self-righteousness. It's all Christ's righteousness. Same with, with if you understand the blessing of the Lord. If you understand Deuteronomy 28 of what God was doing for an old covenant people, an old testament people, we have a better priest. We have a new priest, a new covenant with better uh, operating procedures, you know. So in Proverbs it says, by humility, by understanding who rightly who we are and receiving the new clothes, receiving the new identity. So by humility and fear of the Lord, you know, I want to please my father. I don't want to, I don't fear man. I don't want to please men. You know, that's half our problem with insecurity. What does this guy think of me? What does this guy think of me? What is this guy? Like, it's like, Jeps, don't fear men. Don't fear man. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. So by humility. And, and why do we fear men? Because we are prideful or condemned. And so we're looking to other men to tell us, well, you're a good boy or you're an amazing guy or you're, you know, the bee's knees, let me tell you. And, it's, and we're like, oh, I feel so good. And like, no, Jeps, like we're not, we're not to be led by our feelings and fear of other men. It's like we're led by faith that I am a son of God and God sees me in secret. So by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Everything that we are seeking, everything that we are working for, everything that we are desiring and going after, the source of it is from the Lord. It's all from the Lord. You know, so self-righteousness, it's like, no, I have Christ's righteousness. And same with self-success, self-works. Like, I'm going to become this great big success. It's like, sure, you know, faith without works is dead. We have to work toward what we have faith for. But my success is from the Lord. You know, when you understand that, it gives you incredible confidence to go and work, to go and give your gift. It's not on you to make sure your gift is successful. It's on you to make sure you give your gift. Go give your gift. Go give your gift. Go give your gift. Another great proverb, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Again, what is the number one desire of men's heart is to be rich in the thing that they want to be successful at, you know? And it's like, it's the blessing of the Lord, chaps. We are blessed. If you understand Deuteronomy 28 as a covenant of, between a, a God and a people, you know, what, an, what a powerful thing to be confident about, to be confident that I am blessed, that God is directing my steps. Uh, Proverbs 16, I think. So a man makes a plan in his heart. The Lord directs his steps. Chaps, you have to understand, what, what is the desires God has put in your heart? What is the thing you want to go 
and absolutely crush for the Lord as unto the Lord. He will direct your steps. Go do the next step and he'll direct the next step. Go do the next step and he'll direct the next step. Praise God. And then what do you do with guys who you are, you know, jealous of or insecure of or resentful of, you know, if there's guys who are crushing in your domain at the thing that you think you should be doing. And it's like, if you think God has called you to do the thing, there's not enough of it. You need to go and do it too. And bless the other guys, bless the other guys who are doing the things, you know, when you can, when you, when you can look at another guy and be like, man, he's got a beautiful family. I wish I had a family like that, man. He's got a, a great career. I wish I had a career like that, man. He's got a great, whatever riches, honor, and life that we, you know, admire in someone else. Bless that man. Like God, I bless that guy. Do it for me, Lord. <laughs> you know, like I, I will honor that man. And you know, I, I too will give my gift. I too will go in and do what I feel the Lord has told me to do. It's this, it's this thing of like the moment we resent another man who's where we want to be. It's like, chaps, there's space, there's room. You know, God is not a inflationary zero sum God who's like, no, no, there can only be one guy who's super successful. The rest of you must all be under him in the hierarchy and suffer as little slaves. It's like, no, 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 chaps, we're all sons. We're all kings that Christ is king of. You know, we're going to have different scales. Some of us will be one talent men. Some of us will be 10 talent men. But let me tell you, as a one talent man, when we go and crush and we get our, our one talent worth of reward or whatever the Lord blesses us with, we will be pumped. We'll be pumped just as the man with 10 talents is pumped. You know, God will be pleased with us just as he is pleased with the man with 10 talents. The whole point is not to hide and bury your gift out of resentment, out of insecurity, out of fear of disappointing God. It's like, no, 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 chaps, like we're a son, you know, we're a son. You know, I, I had that analogy a while back, but, you know, for a lot of us with unsurety of our gift, with, with not being sure of what I'm supposed to do with, for the Lord, you know, imagine going to your real father and being, and being like, you know, dad, I, I just don't know what I, I want to do, dad. Dad, I'll do anything for you, dad. I'll do whatever you want me to do, dad. Dad, what do you want me to do? And your, your dad would like look at you and be like, boy, you're, you're 30 years old. Like, what do you want to do? What, what, what is on your heart? You know, you're passionate about these things. You, you get angry at these things. You're really good at this. You like that. You know, these are, are your, your favorite people and places. What do you want to do? And you're like, well, I, I actually think I'd really like to do this. And I was like, all right, go do it. I, I bless you. I bless you to go do it. How can I help you? How can I direct some things to make sure that you are blessed in the thing that you want to do? You know, we need to ha have this, this belief, this faith that God is blessing us into the things he's put on our heart to do, that he is directing our steps with the things that are on our heart to do. Uh, David, great application to grifters. A good reminder not to waste bandwidth getting all twisted up by other guys. Yep, exactly. John, great point. Uh, you see that on the right that people think if you just follow their system, you'll be rich, you'll be independent, etc. But it is God who gives us favor and blesses our way. Praise God, brother. Uh, you know, and it's okay as well. Like the, the other thing here is like, it's okay to go through like a desert season, you know, where, where nothing seems to work or whatever. It's like, you know, I was reading uh, Deuteronomy 8 the other day. I think it was Deuteronomy 8. But it says about, about the, uh, the Israelites that God took them through the desert um, to test their hearts, you know? So often, you know, a lot of times like chaps, as Christians, we will have trouble in this world. You know, that's why dudes get all turned up 
about prosperity preachers and all this stuff is because they promise amazing things. Prosperity is not evil. God, God speaks so much about prosperity and blessing his people. It's the, it's the, it's the idea that you're not going to have any trouble. You're not going to have any problems. Everything is just going to go smooth sailing for the rest of your life. It's like, no, chaps, like as Christians, you will have trouble. And it's like, and you will be blessed. So it's like, we cannot control the desert seasons. We cannot control the bad things that other people do to us. The, the, the random natural occurrences that are part of living on this earth. There will be things that are testing and trying and, and our own, uh, our own sinful habits come up and, and hinder us. Uh, you know, there's a great story. There's a, this Australian uh, preacher, Chris Blackaby. He tells the story about, you know, the whole identity of being a king. You know, if a king goes to a brothel, blows his nose out on cocaine, gets drunk and comes out the brothel, is he still a king? Like, yeah, he's still a king. And if he tells a guy to go do this and a guy to do that, will they still obey his authority? Yeah, they'll still obey his authority. However, it's going to impact his life. Like now he's blown out his liver. Now he's blown out his marriage. Now he's blown out his bank account. Like his earthly life has a lot of troubles because of his habits, because of his, his earthly works. You know, it's the same thing for us, chaps. Like our identity is not dependent on our works. It's dependent on Christ. So it's Christ's righteousness. It's Christ's blessings upon us. We want to please God. We want to work as unto the Lord. Now there are times when when things go wrong. There are, are times when we make mistakes. There are times when other people make mistakes towards us. There are times when things just, for whatever reason, don't work out. You don't stop being a king because it failed or because you're having a hard time. It's like David was in the desert. Joseph was in the prison. Like, chaps, you just sit tight on God's word and you carry on giving your gift. You know, oh, life sucks right now. Carry on giving your gift. Carry on trusting, being a man after God's heart. It says about David in like one or two Samuel or wherever, it says that he was a man after God's heart. When did it say that about him? When he was out in the desert, when everything was against him. When every, when every marker of success was like in the red, you know, be a man after God's heart. Like God will turn this around. So that's a really great point there, uh, John. It is God who gives us favor and blesses our way. Praise God. David, uh, do you think there's inflationary cap of useful media? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I think that inflation relies on our dependence. You know, if we're using Twitter and gab and youtube and instagram whatever to connect with our guys to give our gift you know whether that's you know guys in in media and ministry who are are framing worldview and uh, encouraging guys and all that there's no cap there's no cap to how wonderful media can be same with guys in politics and, and economy. Like you can use media to grow your business and do your business and, you know, run your campaigns and all stuff. Praise God for it. It's a wonderful tool. So we must master this tool in the giving of our gift, in the blessing of our tribe. But the moment we become, the moment we start blowing our nose out on dopamine, cocaine, you know, like I'm guilty of that. You know, I should read more books than I do. But instead, I, I perhaps get too involved in the inflationary side of media. So I think that's a good point there, David. Um, do you think there's an inflationary cap of use of media? I think it's whether we're giving our gift or whether we're consuming. You know, Bass guitarist, welcome, fine sir. Scott Cuban. Uh, yeah, do you mean at a point media is not helpful? 
David, Riley was talking on Twitter about less talkers and more doers, not to add to the talk unless you've got uniquely top-notch math jobs or unique things to say. Yeah, and, and I think that's as far as that's as far as like content creation. You know, that's that's one form of of media, definitely. The other side of media is networking and um and connecting our guys and encouraging, encouraging our guys, you know. Um, so I think on on one hand, you know, when it comes to um to content creator, like, you know, if you don't feel called to create content, don't blow your your insecurity out on it. You know, like, oh, I need to create amazing stuff and just blast away at, at content creation. But I think there's a, a huge uh, value in encouraging your guys, connecting with guys, taking life offline because you were able to connect online and see values online and see who your guys are online. Praise God, man. I'm, I'm super grateful uh, for social media. I just think we have to be careful of the opposite side of the coin, which is uh, consuming and just watching other people do stuff, which I think is what Riley was hitting on is like the the huge desire to just, you know, watch guys who are talking and not actually build anything. Uh, David, I enjoy media related work, teaching, writing, podcasting, and know that nothing I say is unique. There's always someone else to point folks to who do it top of the line. Yeah. But here's the point. Like if you feel called to do that stuff, do it. You know, it's, it's the whole Dave Ramsey thing, right? How many financial coaches are there who whose niche is to get people out of debt. I'll bet you right now there are 12.4 million financial coaches in the world who do exactly what Dave Ramsey does. Now, because Dave Ramsey is the 100 coin, 100 talent big shot who the Lord has called to all get us personally out of debt. God bless you, Dave. Thank you. Does it mean that all other 12.4 million financial advisors must now shut up and, and just point everyone to Dave? It's like, no, no, no. People want connection. People want, people want a different voice. People want a different style. People want someone in their location. People want someone who's accessible. So there's going to be a one, a one talent, Dave Ramsey discount, Dave Ramsey somewhere. You know, he's got like, I've got five baby steps to get people out of debt. And, you know, someone's going to be like, no way. It's like, this guy helped me get out of debt. Like, praise God, the guy gave his gift. Someone else was blessed. It's exactly that way, you know, with, with name your thing that you're passionate about. There's going to be dudes who are the Dave Ramsey of your domain, who are 100 talent dudes. It's like, Chep, if you feel led to give a gift and you've got nothing new to say, you know, oftentimes like that's no excuse. You know, we need more of our guys, you know, do we need more people to help more people get out of debt? Yes. There, there's not enough Dave Ramseys in this world, you know, to be honest. Praise God. Uh, Scott Cuban, we need guys starting physical businesses, providing physical services and products. Yeah, praise God. Praise God. And we need guys to to help, you know, because a lot of our guys, you know, they don't have the either the talent or the uh, inheritance of osmosis of a parent who 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 led them in that way to, to get them going or the skill set or whatever. But tons of our guys want to be in business, want to provide services, want to provide value to the economy. You know, we need, we need a lot of help. Yeah. And that's another good point there, Scott Cuban, you know, talking about gifts and, and things like that. Like it also depends on the time and money you're willing to put into something, you know, but, but I would say, you know, if you're willing to do something without pay, like that's probably, you know, if you're willing to, to do something 
because that's your gift and you want to give it. It's it's not bad to be paid for something. It's 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 wonderful to be paid for for something you're passionate about. But don't make money the reason you do or don't do something. You know, let God be your provider and and go hard after your vision. Uh, Scott Schubert, David, maybe those things should be done locally. Start a chapter of something or a group that meets locally. Yeah, we need tons of that. Praise God. Bass guitarist, I'm just here for the content. I've got nothing to add. <laughs> well, again, I would say, you know, what's the point of my content is to encourage you guys to go crush at your domains. And it's like, I think, you know, the more guys who, who, um, understand that God loves them, God sees them, uh, that they don't have to be a ministry boy to please the Lord, then, you know, I'm happy for dudes just to just to be here for the content and then go crush. Praise God. David, where God guides, God provides. You heard it here first, folks. Oh yeah, Abraham and Lot. So what a great example as well. So Abraham, absolutely crushing, blessed by the Lord. He has some insecurities, right? So Dan Bilzerian of the desert, Dan Bilzerian of the desert, you know, comes up to up to Abraham and is like, it showed his insecurity. It showed his, his, he made a mistake. And yet God still blessed him. You know, God had a calling on his life. God still blessed him, gave Dan Bilzerian a dream. Don't touch this lady. It's actually that dude's wife. And then Dan Bilzerian's like, yeah, you busted. Uh, you made a lot to me. Let me tell you. <laughs> you know, and then Dan Bilzerian cuts him a check for a million bucks. Like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But such is the blessing of the Lord on his guys, on his patriarchs. And so Abraham's crushing in the desert, doing his thing, ranching his cows, uh, training his 300-man uh, security force. And Lot, his cousin nephew um they start having space disputes they start having business competition they start having clashes around their domains and so abraham says like hey chap let's not fight let's not quarrel like you choose which piece of space you want i'll take the other like you can have the valley land i'll take the hills doesn't matter i am blessed so let's just not quarrel Pick your space. I'll stay out of it. And so Lot chooses the good land. He chooses the valley land. And Abraham's like, sweet, God bless you, nephew, cousin. Like, I'll take the hill land and I'll stay out of your space because let's not quarrel. Let's not quarrel. And God blesses him. God blesses Abraham. He goes up into the hill land, multiplies even more, crushes even more, absolute, you know, and it shows what the problem was. The problem was Lot, you know, Lot was not a man on mission. He was not a man crushing, you know, because he just went and became a city boy became a soy boy and sipped soy lattes at the Whole Foods uh, with all the with all the sodomites and um, stopped crushing. He stopped influencing things. He, you know, he didn't get on town council. He didn't, he didn't become a local legend of his sin city, you know, instead he became a consumer. It's a great, it's a great picture, you know, with Abraham and Lot, you know, oftentimes chaps will have quarrels with brothers, you know, with, with Christian brothers, um, and it's okay to be like, look, man, you, you take your space. I'll take mine. I bless you. But you know, what a, what an amazing identity to have, you know, that God will bless me no matter where I go, no matter what I do. 
Uh, bass guitarist, I'm starting my own custom guitar company because Fender Guitars has started supporting the peds. Well, listen, fine, sir, I bless that. Let me tell you. I might, uh, I might have to buy a guitar from you and also take lessons because these fingers don't play. DVG, Abraham was attempted to have his wife cuckolded twice. That's right. It wasn't just once. And he had a check cut to him twice. My goodness. <laughs> David, God have Bilzerium a dream. Uh, David, Abraham got mountain power. Cheers to the kingdom of Appalachia. <laughs> oh, bang, bang, bang. Banjos is where it's at, bass guitarist. Could you be a bass banjoist? Or is it a different shred? DVG, Abraham did it out of fear. God had to save him from the Fowler's snare. Psalm 91. Yep. Yeah. Praise God. Well, gentlemen, I think the, the whole point of all of this is humility, knowing who we are, understanding who we are, that we are uh, God's son, that he sees us in secret, you know, like by faith, he sees me in secret. Like you literally have to say that, you know, if you struggle with, with insecurity, literally just say like, God, by faith, you see me in secret. We're meant to be men who live by faith, not by feelings or sight. And then go give your gift. You know, what is the thing you want to do? If you want to crush the peds by building sweet-based guitars, like praise God, like that is, you know, I think that's the, that's the other insecurity we have is that my passion is not worthy of God or that my gift is too small or insignificant or unholy. It's like, no, 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 chips, you know, whatever it is, whatever your heart and passion and gift is like, go crush, go absolutely go and give that gift, go work as unto the Lord. And just believe that God sees you, believe that you're blessed, believe that the, the, the work of your hands will be, will be blessed. <clears throat> that God will provide for you. God will promote you. God will protect you. You know, Abraham goes and picks a fight with the four kings to get his little nephew back out of trouble. And he's obviously afraid of, of retribution. And so uh, Genesis 15, it says, God comes to Abraham and says, don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. You know, imagine God saying that to you. It's like, by faith, God is my shield and God is my very great reward. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. <clears throat> don't fear, man. Fear the Lord. By humility and fear of the Lord, our riches, honor, and life, everything we're seeking. So, praise God. John, it was a legitimate fear. I don't think Abraham sinned. Yeah, it's a, it's, this is a rabbit hole we can go down. It's a rabbit hole we can go down. David, real, understandable fear doesn't excuse the Sister Act 1 and 2. David, God will bless me wherever I go. Yeah, praise God. John, no, the Bible doesn't condemn people for deceiving tyrants. Well, praise God. Uh, John, also notice that the Bible doesn't condemn Abraham, but notes that he was rewarded. That's right. <laughs> Basic guitarist, just joking. I only like the more Chad versions of rock music, not the satanic stuff. Well, thank you. I was in a gym once where they played some super heavy metal and I, I got quite pumped got quite pumped i wouldn't listen to it otherwise but then again I, I feel like i'm a musical luddite just as i am a technological luddite i uh i'm not up to date on all the musical trends i'll occasionally hear something i'll be like oh it's quite nice and then i have no idea how to find it again all righty boys i bless you may the lord bless the work of your hands and um yeah be confident that god sees you and that your gift uh, is needed.
you know, even if you're a one talent guy, unbury that thing and go give it. Praise God. Love you boys. We'll see you all tomorrow. Inshallah.